Hello and welcome to the Zawiya podcast. I'm Noha Al-Hinnawi and today I'm talking to Tariq Asad, managing partner at Algebra Ventures. We will be talking about the outlook for VC funds and startups in Egypt. Thank you so much for being with us on Zawiya podcast. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the Zawiya podcast. In your opinion, what kind of startups are likely to attract investments in 2023? There are many opportunities that we see in the market. Companies that, in my opinion, have a higher chance of attracting capital are companies that can show sustainability of operations and companies that, can, that have a clear path towards profitability and uh, a balance of that with growth. So there are, in the past, let's say, in 2021, there were many companies that essentially showed very strong growth without a balance with fundamentals. These companies will have a harder time raising capital in the, in the coming period, not just in our market, but globally. We're seeing that everywhere. And companies that have a combination between solid performance, fundamentals, and growth will fare better in my, in my opinion. How many ventures have you backed up so far? And what kind of industries are you particularly interested in? We made 21 investments from the first fund and four from the second fund. In terms of our area of interest, we don't think about it as much on a sector basis, but rather on, um, let's say, a thematic basis. So, for example, we're very interested in what we call the bottom of the pyramid. Bottom of the pyramid means you have a, a range of consumers. You have the high-end consumers that traditionally many service and product companies have been going after. And then you have a much more uh, a broader range of consumers who are typically uh, have less spending power or less uh, interesting for, for many uh, uh, companies, but where it makes a lot of sense to serve using technology. So think of low-end, low-spend consumers in rural areas of Egypt who don't really have access to basic services. It's much easier to serve these consumers using technology because the cost to serve is lower, because the reach of technology is wider and, and cheaper uh, than it is to serve them using, using traditional methods. So you're not going to open a bank branch in a little village in Upper Egypt or maybe even a, a branch of a retailer, but it's easy to serve these consumers and provide different types of services, be they financial services or other services, using an app on a, on a mobile phone, for example, where you know, it's become th- that infrastructure has already been laid, it's become ubiquitous, it's easy for companies to build software on top of that to offer these services to consumers. So that's a, a theme that we like a lot. There are many underserved consumers who, while are not able to, uh, to, to purchase uh, as expensive products as uh, the, the higher-end consumers in, in the more uh, urban areas still present in aggregate a very attractive opportunity. We see that has worked well for us in the past. Uh, maybe to add to that, a couple of areas of interest for us are agriculture. We, we believe that uh, Egypt is uh, by and large, uh, you know, agriculture is by and large a big part of Egypt's economy. Uh, there aren't very many uh, tech startups operating in, in agri at the moment. Uh, we're hoping to change that by funding companies uh, that, that can, because there are so many areas of inefficiency in that sector, and we believe that technology can play a very strong role in, in improving that and solving some of these long-standing problems, um, and we're hoping to support companies that do that. Given the turmoil in global markets, 
What advice are you offering Egyptian startups? At this point in time, it's really uh, about runway. Um, so companies need to maintain enough runway uh, to not get into a cash crunch situation. That might mean better margins, it might mean lowering costs, it might even mean lowering growth. Uh, but the advice that we are giving to our startups right now is to prioritize for runway. Um, as a fund, we, I mean, we already announced uh, the, the first close of 100 million. We're, we're trying to raise another uh, maybe 20 or so um, in the next uh, few months so that we also have a bit more ability to continue to support our portfolio companies um, as, as, uh, as investors. I think that will be the role of many of the local funds is to continue to support their portfolio companies in the absence of international capital that is now become more focused on their core markets and their core portfolio companies and so on. So uh, it's a time to be uh, cautious with cash flows. But the flip side of that is that there is still a tremendous growth opportunity because honestly, the, the problems haven't gone away. The problems that tech can solve are still there. With recession on the horizon, so how do you see yourself closing more funds? We are fortunate, to be honest, that uh, at this point in time, we just had the first closing of our new fund, which we announced $100 million. Uh, so we've got quite a bit of capital to invest over the next period of time. We're, we're also fortunate that our investors are strong international institutions uh, that have supported, some of them have supported us in the past, and some are new investors, so we're, we're of course very uh, grateful to have that commitment, but also that puts us in a strong position to be able to fund startups for the next few years. Um, my belief is that right now is a very good time to, f to start and to fund companies. This is quite counterintuitive that you can, that 2023 will be the best time to start a new business. So why do you think so? I, I get laughed at all the time when I say that. <laughs> The reason is there is a lot less competition, uh, both in the market and on internal resources. So let's say there's less market competition, but there is also less competition on talent. So you're able to recruit very, very strong calibers. Uh, there's less competition on resources that you're trying to bring in to build the business. So if you're capitalized and, you're, and you get market traction in difficult times, you emerge as a very strong player. And we believe this is going to happen in the next year or two. We believe companies will get started in difficult economic times or some that have already been started and and will, will grow and will be able to sustain enough financing and enough market traction and build a strong enough team and build the, the different pieces of the puzzle that it takes to create a successful business. And then in, let's call it in a shorter, maybe a couple of years, they will emerge as market leaders in these segments. We've seen that happen before. I've personally seen it happen many times. Companies like Fauri and Visita are very good examples that got funded you know, Fabri got funded before the time of the revolution and went through a lot of political and economic turbulence. Visita also got funded a little bit after the revolution, but still went through some very difficult economic times. But they were able to uh, withstand these turbulences and emerge in a much stronger position after that. And really emerges market leaders in their segments. Speaking of your second fund, can you please elaborate on your deployment strategy? The fund predominantly, of course, focuses on Egypt, but we also have an allocation to invest in other parts of Africa, which we believe is an important uh, new step for us because we're seeing a lot of parallels 
between what works in Egypt and what works in other African markets. And we're seeing our strong entrepreneurs move to, to uh, Sub-Saharan Africa and sometimes North Africa. We're seeing investors from these markets come to Egypt. We're seeing startups from these markets come to Egypt. So it's a natural bridge that we're hoping not just to take part of, but to try to accelerate as well. So that's one thing that's different with the new fund. We're also pursuing a multi-stage investment strategy. So we're investing at the seed level and at the Series A level. And of course, continuing to support companies beyond these stages as they continue to perform as, as existing investors. What countries in Sub-Saharan Africa are you interested in? Uh, we're, we're being opportunistic. Uh, our strategy is not to enter any of these markets and have a strong presence in them. We work through partnerships. We have relationships with investors in these markets. Uh, the three big ones uh, you know, outside of Egypt and Africa are Nigeria, Kenya, and South Africa. So we, we have relationships in all of these markets. At the moment, we're being opportunistic. We are following these investors who know these markets a lot better than us. And we're looking at companies that have some uh, interest at some point in time, doesn't have to be today, at some point in time in coming to Egypt. So we believe that as investors in these companies, we can ease that process and you know, get them more comfortable with Egypt and help them uh, set up here and accelerate that bridge. Like I mentioned, the bridge will happen anyway. We think we can have a role in making it happen faster. In your opinion, what industries are expected to rise as winners in Sub-Saharan Africa in 2023? Traditionally or historically, that has been clearly fintech. Of course, fintech will remain uh, an important opportunity, but I don't think will remain the only opportunity because there are many problems in Africa that technology can significantly solve both within and outside of fintech. I'm excited to see cross-border, more cross-border uh, expansion. We're seeing that we already have one company in our portfolio that merged with a South African company. The combined company is really going after uh, a pan-African play. And that's something that we believe will happen, we'll see a lot more of. If you build a solution that works well in Cairo, it will not necessarily work very well in Dubai because the consumer in Cairo and the consumer in Dubai are, might be quite different. But it, it might work a lot better in Nairobi, uh, or Lagos or, or, or many other African uh, markets. So that parallel, we believe, will happen more. It hasn't been top of mind for African entrepreneurs from the north or the south or east or west. It just hasn't been what they thought of more. But I think it's now emerging. The investors are becoming more aware of it. Uh, investors will fund it and it will yield much better results because it's a, it's a way to achieve scale across an entire continent in a way that has not been done before and that is very doable right now. Thank you so much for being with us on Zawiya Podcast.